Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast, the podcast that bridges wisdom from generation to generation. And I'm your host, Coach Furtado. Today's guest is Natalie Gutierrez. Natalie is a program manager at Peace Players, a coach at Peace Players, a coach with the Los Angeles Clippers, high school basketball coach, and college basketball coach. So, in our conversation today, we talk about the importance for coaches, leaders, and youth development professionals to create intentional spaces, how to do it. Also, the power and impact of sport on society and the role we are playing as coaches, and the importance of equity in sport, female empowerment, and getting everyone have an opportunity to play the game. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, Natalie, Coach Nat. I am thrilled to have you on the Bridging Impact podcast. Welcome, welcome. I have no idea what we are going to be talking about today, but I do know this. It's going to be a very insightful conversation. For those of you listening, I'll let Coach Nat take it away. So first, though, what is your definition of impactful leadership and how does it show up in your daily work? Yeah, impactful leadership. So to be a leader is to influence someone, right? But for me to be an impactful leader, you need to be intentional Mm. about the way that you're moving. Yeah. You need to be mindful of the effects of your behaviors and you need to be able to understand that, you know, eyes are always on you, whether you believe it or not. Someone's always watching and for me, be an impactful leader, you have to just really represent your highest self. Um, so that's kind of how I move daily. I'm always, I tell people that I'm, I'm, just, I'm an overthinker. So I'm, I think it's my Virgo, it's yeah. the Virgo in me. So thankfully, thankfully the Virgo in me allows me to be very perceptive and I feel like I'm perceptive to everything around me. And that helps me with how I kind of move forward and how I present myself. So I, I am obviously like this person all the time but I'm also very mindful and aware of the spaces I'm in and how I need to kind of move myself to be most impactful positively. Yeah, no, I, I love that. So yeah, moving with uh, being mindful, being an, an intentionality, right? There's always got to be a purpose to what you're doing and how you're doing it. I'm curious, you know, talking about a little bit of how you journey, the journey of how you develop that, like do you just come out of the womb being mindful or is that something you've developed over time? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think about that too. I reflect on myself because I'm like, how did I, obviously I'm a very humble person, but I'm also like, (laughs) I do feel like, again, I'm very perceptive and I I love my mind. I love the way I think. So I'm always thinking like, how did I get here? Like kudos to my mom. I'm like, okay, mom, like you did a great job. Like kudos to our parents. I know to a certain, to a certain age, our parents really like affect the majority of our, our personality. And then obviously school and our surroundings do. And, you know, other mentors play a huge part in that. Right. Um, so you know, that's how I feel like my development has gone. But obviously, we all experience different like, traumas growing up. Um, I, my dad passed away when I was in kindergarten. So my mom, like, was a widow. I visualized, like, her pain growing up. Um, my brother around that time was going to college. So he had left. So it was just me and my mom, like, growing up together, basically, after the loss of my dad. And obviously I was very young, so I wasn't really understanding what was going on. But, you know, as I've developed, my relationship with my mom was great. But then also my mom is very religious. So I'm, and I'm, I'm queer. So that has been a struggle within itself. So I feel like I've had various struggles in like different areas, but I've still, I don't allow it to really 
negatively affect me. I mean, obviously I'm like, I still need to go to therapy. I'm like, obviously yeah. I have to go to therapy, do all this and that. But I, again, like with my experiences and how I'm able to kind of put myself in my mom's shoes or I'm able to put myself in my, my brother's shoes. Like I want to understand other people's perspectives so that, you know, I'm not hurting anyone's feelings. I'm not stepping on any toes. I just feel like, again, it's just being authentic and being intentional with what you're saying and what you're feeling and what you're thinking, because that really affects yourself and your energy. Right. So I think I've just been very, my experiences have been very interesting thus far and they've just kind of helped me be again, a very mindful person. Yeah. yeah. And I, I appreciate you, you sharing that and being vulnerable and for, with myself, of course, and those that are listening. And so with that, I believe that, you know, there's probably a lot of strength and power that kind of comes from that, from that kind of pain. And I don't ne necessarily want this to move in towards like a, a therapy session and, and just opening up. But with that, like you really from, so for those that are listening, uh, Natalie and I worked together, um, this past spring, winter, winter, um, at the boys and girls club coaching, uh, youth, youth basketball. And so for those that are listening, like coaching at is, is very intentional and moves very intentional. And with the kids, like you're kind of bringing your experience and your energy. And this podcast is kind of about bridging, bridging impact and, and bridging impact to that next generation. I know that's something that's important to you. Definitely. Yeah. It definitely is important to me to be able to positively impact the next generation. And I, I feel, you know, I've been, I've been put on this earth to be of service to others. Um, and I don't, I don't find any fulfillment or any passion in any other space outside of yeah, like, I feel you sports. On that. like I, I, I growing up like, or not even growing up, but just like what I'm 25. So let's say six, five, six years ago, right. Co uh, working corner bakery or working, like part-time jobs, I, I can yeah. care less about. I would call off in a second. If Justin, if you gave me a call and was like, Nat, let's go to Disneyland, I'd say, let's do it, dude. I'll call off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Capitalism has no grip. I'm like, capitalism has no grip on me. Like, uh, so, but then fast forward, like I've always been a coach. If you were to call me on a day that I had games or a tournament on a day that I had a really, like a practice that was important, like I, I can't call out, I can't leave my kids. Like that's where I have more of a connection. And the same thing goes, that's why, that's why I found myself following my passion and following where I'm super intentional again, and super just like I, a space that I want to be in. Like I need to, sh everywhere that I show up, I need to make sure that I want to be there because if there's a slight, any slight negativity in my mind or anything where I'm just like, oh, bruh, like, why am I here? This is a waste of time. Then you're not getting the full nap. So for me, I just want to be like the best version of myself and the best version of myself means I need to put myself in the spaces that, you know, fulfill me. And that's, that's any space where there's kids, any space where there's an opportunity to make someone smile, any space where there's an opportunity for, you know, me to use basketball, me to, me to show others or show kids how basketball can impact your life, not only on the court, but off the court. Like everything that I am has been because of basketball. I've played since nine years old. Um, basketball is like something that my mom and I share and she, she played basketball as a, as a young man back in Mexico. And now, now, like I use that, I think I played basketball possibly to hold on to that connection with her and whatever, it's kind of progressed into much more. And now, now I'm like getting close with Nike. Now I'm working for peace players, an amazing or like nonprofit organization organization. Now I'm a college coach, a high school coach doing this. Like I'm just 
yeah, I don't know. I always, I, and I texted Steph, right? I was like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I got so lucky to be in this position, but it's also, I also, when I tell myself that I don't like hearing it, like, no, we we're you, you too. Like we're very intentional with the things we do. Like we're not just like going through life, casually strolling everything. And it comes back to setting goals and it comes back, comes back to being just a driven person. Um, so I feel I'm a very driven person and every, whenever I reach a goal or anything, I'm always like, okay, what's next? Like where there's never a ceiling. Um, so with that kind of motivation or with that mindset and determination that I have, I kind of want to just push that onto every kid or anyone that I meet. Um, and just hopefully have that positive impact. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's, it's kind of amazing what the basket, a, a circle can do for us, like obviously for the kids, but also, you know, for, and, and giving you an opportunity to, to live life and with purpose, right? Cause you talk about it, we have to unfortunately make, make a living. Right. And so isn't it amazing that, you know, we can get paid to play sports and coach sports and coach youth. And I want to talk about a little bit of, of the impact that sports has had on you maybe growing up that influence, obviously, you know, kind of like the foundation, you know, you, you briefly mentioned it about maybe potentially that connection with your mom and, and back to Mexico and to kind of your roots. Right. And I think there's something that's so wholesome about sports that it's just so transferable and you can go and play in Mexico or somewhere in Europe or in Africa or in Asia, right? Like it's all basketball and like having that common good to unite a group of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel, I mean, directly myself, I, like you said, I mentioned my mom, my mom had a direct impact on why I chose basketball instead of soccer or softball or anything. I was a tomboy. I loved any sports, but I, mm -hmm. I was gravitated or I gravitated more towards basketball and I assume for that reason. Um, so that was obviously like the hook, but I always surrounded myself with boys growing up and every nutrition and lunch, I was at the playground shooting hoops or I was playing kickball or anything. Like all my girlfriends would be having lunch, chill, chilling, chit-chatting. Ch and I'm like, yo, this is our time to play, like move around. So I've always been yeah. a very active girl and like just a very energetic person. Right. So that was a, another factor that kind of pushed me towards basketball and just competition. And then continuing on, like my first, I played basketball first at a, a rec and I was fortunate to have a very, a couple very like trustworthy and great men, um, great dads coaching our team. So they, they had a super positive influence on me in the sense that they were very nurturing and believed in me. So yes, like I didn't have that female representation as a coach growing up, but I still had positive like male role models. And I was very fortunate to have, you know, throughout my career, like I had positive male role models. I, I was actually talking about, or talking to this with someone before, but I never had a female coach until I was in junior college. And when thinking about that, I was like, oh my God, like I played a lot. I played in a lot of different teams. And it's crazy to think that that female representation wasn't there. So I think even now, like that's another point, you know, you want to, you want to be who you didn't have. Right. So for me, for me being a female, for me being a Latina, for me being queer, like there's so many spaces to tap in and so many, like the intersectionality of it all. Like I can, I can interact. I can see you for who you are. I, I just love being able to, and again, it brings me back to like peace players, like our core, core values, inside out transformation, seeing people as people, a culture of collaboration. Like I live my life through that. And I've been able to see how all those core values connect and have like connected me 
even before I was able to label them like that, like 10 years ago. Right. So, yeah. No, I love that. I, and that's, that's honestly where I want to go next is talking about, I believe, I mean, you're big on, you know, female empowerment and women's sports. And I believe like, it's so important. Like I even try and like reflect, I mean, there's no secret anyone watching this on YouTube or now you can watch it on Spotify now too. I'm a white dude, right? Obviously. And every, everyone looks like me, you know, and I, maybe because I feel like more empowered because I've always seen people in power that look like myself. And I think it's really important for, you know, uh, females and Latinas and, you know, people that are queer to see their, you know, someone that they can relate to in a position of power and in coaching and leadership that they can look up to and be like, I can inspire to do that. So can you talk about the importance of that and, and kind of the generation generational shift that you see? Yeah. I mean, the importance in representation is huge. And I, I recently wasn't really reflective or aware of my impact or how, like who I represent. Um, until like last year, Nike spotlight or spotlighted me for their, um, Latino heritage month. And I was someone who like, they wanted to project out there and kind of embody the, the like cultures and themes of, you know, Latinos and really focus on family. Um, so that made me think like, okay, what, what am I doing for the Latino community? What am I doing for women? What am I doing for, you know, my, the queer community, the LGBTQ plus, right? So I'm just like, there's so many, it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming when you understand how important representation matters, especially when you're viewing yourself. And, and then when you take a step back and see how you're literally just like a, a little piece of sand or a little piece of salt amongst like, I don't know, like the beach, right? So it's it's overwhelming to say the least but representation is so important because like i said when i was growing up i didn't have a female coach if i had female coaches i wonder if i would have turned out a little bit different i wonder i don't know but that's what i'm saying like i don't regret my upbringing i don't regret the lack of representation like i don't know how i turned out how i turned out but i did and now it's kind of my my thing is if i turned out like this without female representation imagine how other girls are going to turn out with more female representation with people that able to have conversations that matter. So for me, that's why I think I'm as driven or as ambitious as I am now, because I, I see my potential and I see the impact and the importance of reaching like Latina youth and being able to, you know, be a Spanish speaker or do things in Spanish and kind of, you know, be in LA, you know, and the, the United States of America or whatever, and have like family in Mexico, Colombia, like I, I just kind of want to be able to, again, bridge that impact and be able to bridge everyone together based on, and again, just the keyboard was the intersectionality of it all. Um, but I think you had a second part to your question. So maybe you want to repeat that one for me and then I'll, I'll go on that. Yeah, unless, no, I unless... mean, it, it's um, just like, what's the, what's the shift that you see? You're talking about the intersectionality and I do believe, you know, progress is a lot slower than it should be, but I believe that, you know, sports should be more inclusive. Right. And my, almost my follow-up question is how do we, you know, continue to include people who are often maybe forgotten in, in sports, uh, especially, you know, kind of basketball is my mind, but it could be other sports as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you and I, we, we work for peace players, right. We work for a great organization that's rooted in the community and it's rooted in um, just, genuine and authentic like love and peace you know in our, our in our search for equity um so the key thing is and one thing with you i can give you a direct answer like nike and play equity fund have partnered and funded 
about 13 organizations in both Boyle Heights and Watts to continue to push an initiative of um, increasing girls' participation in sports. So they like big names, like big brands, like organizations like that coming into the community with genuine like care and authentic, like an authentic mission and purpose. That's how we move closer and having people like myself in organizations, having a coach like you in an organization, like that's how, that's how we're able to really impact on a ground level, right? Or at, on a local level. And thankfully, you know, with Peace Players, again, that's literally what we do. We're, we're right on the ground. We're, we're making sure that we are meeting up a certain quota with our girls' participations, like being specific and making sure that we're not like, oh yeah, it's okay. Like we can bump up numbers. Like there's no, there's no, there's no need to lie. Like we're, we're also very genuine and we want to all accomplish this goal that it's more, we're all very solution oriented, right? So again, it comes down to funding. It comes down to finding partners that are genuine and authentic. And it comes down to just being able to, again, to find people that are willing to push through any conflict to make sure that we're reaching our goal, right? So. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning of intentionality. Like if we're gonna like, because yeah. I, I mean, a lot of times, I think we had discussions towards the end about, uh, and there was a quote from MLK that, you know, we something about a day of when philanthropy is not needed, right? And I, I believe, you know, kind of the the Nike and some of these bigger companies coming in and, you know, that is technically philanthropy and the, we're, working towards on the ground level to be a point of like, it's, it's equitable and, you know, everyone is involved in playing and there is no need for these funds. Right. So with that being said, I am curious, you know, how, how do you see peace players role expanding from the local level to the state? And, and this could be other, other than peace players could be Nike. It can be just like kind of our topic going from local level to, to state to national and and then obviously global right peace players is a global brand yeah i think i was having a discussion with um wayne about this and about how you know service versus action right like mm. being able being able to talk about because we were having a discussion with wanting to focus on the individual and individual growth but then how does that in a larger scale affect the community and how can we not only impact an individual, but how can we make sure that, yes, we're addressing this individual, but we're actually creating action or we're actually, like, there's an act, like an activist or an activism aspect to what we're doing. Um, right. Because I feel like, you know, in order to make change, like it's, it's systematic. So for us, we're at a very ground level where we're addressing things directly. But again, it's, it takes big names. It takes policymakers. It takes, it takes a lot of movement and a lot of like to push. So that's why, again, I go back to, Within Peace Players, like we're, we, ce we celebrated our 20th anniversary, right, of, of being a global movement, being in South Africa, Northern Ireland, Middle East, Cyprus, like there, we're, we're out there. And within the U.S., you know, being in Brooklyn, Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore, L.A., looking to expand to another state as well, we're, we're definitely, you know, expanding within states. And then at a local level, it's just being consistent. So for us, our focus is just Watts and like the South L.A. area. For me, I think someone had asked, like, so what's the goal? The goal is to just be consistent and develop trust and to be, make sure that we're authentic and make sure that the community sees us as not an organization that is just here for photo ops or is just here for, you know, just to meet a quota or again, make sure that their funders are satisfied. 
yes, of course, in the nonprofit space or in any organization, like, yes, you need funds, but also, you know, we're, we're rooted to our purpose. Like the funds is the unfortunate capitalistic part of our society. And like, that's, we have to work along with capitalism, but to a certain extent, not to an extent where, you know, we're over, overly driven or overly like hung, like money hungry or of like lose our purpose. So at a local level, again, intentionality on authenticity grants, like a state level continue to expand and to continue to communicate and continue to remain connected. You know, within Peace Player specifically, we have at least two meetings a month um, where every staff from every site comes together and we exchange ideas or we review well, how, what's going on, what's going down in Chicago, what's going down in Baltimore, how are you guys doing this, how are you guys doing that? It's the collaborative piece. Um, and then again, just in a larger scale, how do we how do we break down systematic issues? How do we break down systematic racism? How do we how do we talk about gender equity? How do we talk about you know all of these all of these cases that and again, it gets overwhelming. Like for me, yeah. I'm very transparent in the sense that when I take a step back, like I'm an overthinker. I can I can continue to peel the layers. I'll peel the layers until I feel like I'm useless or like I'm not really doing anything because like again, in the large scale, we're just like a, a grain of salt. We're literally just yeah. a grain of salt. So how how can how can I be empowered by my own impact and how can I truly believe in what I'm doing and that, you know, hopefully you know, hopefully, let's say I'm coaching Osvaldo, I'm coaching Mary. Hopefully, whatever Mary does, maybe Mary, I impacted her to the point where now she's going to be the policymaker. Now she's like, you know, what? I don't like this. Now she's going to go study. So it's always the hope that because we're moving so authentically, the kids will notice that. The kids understand that. And they'll be so positively influenced and so inspired, right? It's the thing to be, the key is inspiration. Like, can you inspire someone to cause change or create change. If you're already at a point where you feel maybe this is your role, like this is how you inspire, great. Now let's try to see how we can inspire others to go even more, right? Go beyond your impact. So I think that's, yeah. I know I, I kind of like ramble on it, but I guess like, uh, like you I said, it's very, it. conversa it's very conversational. Yeah. I feel like you, you can just peel layers and yeah. So I yeah. think whenever you start peeling layers or thinking like, am I really having an effect? You have to reflect and remain true on what's happening at a ground level locally and kind of just give yourself roses still because there's a lot of people like us there's a lot of people with great intentions and good hearts out there and it's, it's it takes a village that's why the basketball yeah. community is so amazing actually here in la like me getting this package like me meeting stephanie me having evan as a boss me all these other mentors that i've had like i'm so grateful like this is how we've gotten here right and they've impacted me they've inspired me to be who i am so yeah, no, that's beautiful. And with that, I, I share very similar feelings of like, I sometimes want, I, I'll, I'll go, you know, full broad spectrum. And like, before this, I had a podcast called the better world challenge. And we had like five different focus areas from like, poverty alleviation to like, climate change and education. And I was just all over the place. And I never felt like I was doing enough. And especially when I came to LA, I felt like such a small number but it also almost helped me like recognize, like, I want to just like, I want to be a very tasty grain of salt, right? Like I want my grain of salt to really like have some effect. I don't want it to be, I, I guess a cheap grain of salt, or I don't even know where I'm going with it other than like, I want to be very intentional with, with the salt that I bring. And I feel like that's what legacy. It also what has to do with like leaving. Yeah. Le yeah. 
yeah, leaving a legacy. So what's the legacy you want to leave? Me? Yeah. I want to leave. I don't know, man. I, um, <laughs> literally, literally I, every day I'm just like, so what's next for me? Or like, what's even like with the, talking about Nike? I'm like, I never, I don't see myself or I can't see myself past peace players right now. I'm so mm. like present in the space that I'm at yeah, because I feel like I'm exactly, I'm exactly where I need to be. Like, that's how I 100%. feel right now. And I think that's maybe why I can't so much see ahead. And like with yeah. Nike, I'm like, okay, well, like I told you, I'm like, I'm very ambitious. There's no ceiling. So once I feel comfortable, I'm like, okay, well, what's next? Like, right. and when? No rush, but I just like setting goals and I want to know what's next for me. So legacy wise, I literally just want to make sure that like, if people want to, I want people to know me for something positive. Like if it's my energy, if like you walk away only remembering me for my energy, cool. Maybe, maybe you'll remember one thing that I did and you'll, you'll continue to do it. Like, or like, I think of dad, my dad, right. My dad passed when I was younger. Like I, I want to have children cause I want to like have his last name continue on. I kind of just think of like, even like minutely, just like a last name, like leaving that legacy. Yeah. Like my brother, my dad's son had a, had a son. So now I like, I know for sure that that legacy is continuing on, or at least the Gutierrez name. Um, right. But ask, like, ask for like, what legacy? I just want to inspire people to want to have a legacy or to leave a legacy. I want to inspire people to be passionate about something. Because I, one thing about me is when I meet someone who I feel doesn't have direction, or doesn't have something that sparks them, I get worried. And then I feel like, let me help you. Let me kind of direct you. Because yeah. if you're going through life without passions, or if you're going through life, just like a leaf blowing in the wind, which is cool. I also go with the flow. It's very like, it's important to go with the flow at times, but I also think it's important to understand your purpose. And when people don't know their purpose, I also want to be able to help guide them or help, help them figure it out. Cause I think living life without a purpose is probably very, very, very stressful. I, I don't even, I can't imagine it. I'm like, couldn't be me. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of that, that balance, that art of being able to be intentional, but also go with the flow and be present, kind of like you're talking about, because that's something that I struggled with, you know, especially last year. And it's probably also, you know, because of the pandemic and other anxieties, maybe I didn't address that's a whole nother episode, right? But I just like wanted to be somewhere else so bad. I'm like, let's go. I can't wait till I'm this age and I'm making an impact doing this. Right. And so I've really had to work on like, I feel good about where I'm at too. Right. I'm also an ambitious person. Like I want to go here and here, but I also know like now that we're getting to that age where I'm starting to like miss certain like eras, like, you know, different college days or, you know, even like last year and working at the boys and girls club, like there's some of the things like, okay, where I'm at right now, like I know I won't be here forever. So I want to make the most of it. Right. I want to live that path, that, you know, passion and purpose. And I'm curious, you know, with you and working with, you know, different athletes, how do you like, what's kind of your like tactics and way of like finding motivations for players and like making sure that they play and obviously live with purpose as well? Yeah. Um, well, one, like, like I had, I think I mentioned earlier, I obviously like deal with a lot of different youth or athletes from various yeah. ages. Definitely. Um, yeah, ranging from five years old to oldest, maybe 23 years old. So yeah. for me, again, it's like when, whatever space I'm entering, 
prior to entering the space, I reflect on like, why am I here again? You know, like, who am I here for? Or, you know, what team, what, where am I? Like, what side am I hitting right now? What team is this for? And I'm also really good at compartmentalizing. So I'll like, I have like a lot of different storage files in my head. And whenever I pull up to, let's say, Boys and Girls Club, all right, I'm pulling up and I had, I talked to you about this earlier. Like, I, I, I'm going to finish that song that I'm listening to in my car because I need to make sure that I'm myself. Like, I, I want to make sure that when I walk into a space, I'm ready. Like, I'm full. So I'm ready to unload or give you what you need because I came here ready to go. So that's step one. Then step two is, again, because of I'm able to compartmentalize, once I'm in a space, then I'm able to kind of like form that relationship with a kid or, you know, with a, an a older, a young adult, whatever, a teenager, whatever. Um, and I actually, I just, again, I just care, Justin. I don't know why I, one thing about me, I'm really good at memorizing like athletes' names. I'm horrible at memorizing adults' names. Like I, That's funny. When, it comes to, when it comes to kids, I'm like, yeah, I got you. But when it comes to adults, for whatever reason, I'm like, sorry, my I only have mental capacity to care about my <laughs> my kids, the participants. About the future. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm only I only have capacity to service like who I'm here to service, and like right. that's why when I meet someone, I need to write it down, or I like I make sure that I save someone's number, I write their name, but I also write, you know, where I met them or what organization, because yeah. that's just with adults. That's what I need to do. But with kids, like, you could tell me. And like, you could be like, okay, name a kid from here and tell me something about them. I can. And it's just because I'm that intentional when I enter space. I make sure that every kid knows that I saw them and that I made an effort to say hi, because I know how important it is. I know how the effect of literally simply fist bumping or saying, hey man, how are you? Great shoes, like complimenting, anything like that. It doesn't even have to be such a deep conversation. You don't have to have deep relationships with every kid. As long as you just see every kid and acknowledge every kid, there's power in that, right? And then we can fast forward, like, and I'll tell, I'll give you like a little anecdotal um, thing that happened last night. Last night I went to the Dodger game. I'm driving, I'm pulling out. I have friends in my car, and a parent, one of our peace players' parents, texts me and she's like, or she calls me. She's like, "Hey, are you are you up?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course." Like, what's what's going on? And she's telling me that Hillary, one of our peace players' kids, who's actually going to the friendship games, and she's been with us for since Peace Player has been a thing in LA, she unfortunately fractured her arm last night. And she was playing, yeah, she was playing basketball with her brother outside their house and whatever happened, happened and she fractured her arm. So here's her mom asking if she can speak to me or if Hillary can talk to me because Hillary's basically like hysterically crying, having a panic attack because she's stressed out about her arm, doesn't know how that's gonna affect her. But here's her mom calling me. Like her mom feels like, I can ease her daughter's pain or I can like my words will help like ease her daughter, like whatever emotional anxiety she's feeling like that was big for me. And the fact that hey, it was, it was like almost 11 o'clock at night. So I'm, I'll be available for whatever is needed if I'm available. So I was, I answered the call. I was like, sorry, y'all. I was like, sorry, I'm gonna put this on speakerphone. I have to attend to this. I'm driving, dropping everyone off, but I'm having this conversation with Hillary over speakerphone in my car telling her like, it's okay. Nothing, you know, Everything happens for a reason. Your, your participation in friendship games is not going to be affected. If anything, you just can't play basketball. But what Peace Players isn't only about basketball. Peace Players is about leadership development. It's about making friends. It's about, you know, learning and absorbing your surroundings. So I had to really, like, talk her down. So for me, again, that was just, like, an example. Like, 
I, I can't tell her, like, I love you, Hillary. It's going to be okay. She's like, I love you. I love you too, coach. Thank you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Like, call me. I was like, call me, text me, whatever you need. And I actually have to, that reminds me, I need to call her mom back because she did, she FaceTimed me like an hour ago and I told her. So then there's options like that. I do, I do, of course, yeah. because I have a lot going on sometimes it does like pass me, but like, but then again, like I, I remember. So that's, that's the curse. The beauty is that I'm accessible to a variety of people and I'm so intentional that I will listen to them and I will provide whatever advice is needed. The negative is that because there's so much people or not so much people, I'm like, I'm ready for more. I'm like, come on, I want more. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not limiting myself, but I am saying I'm very mindful as well of, you know, spreading yourself too thin and not being able to fully give a hundred percent to everyone that you interact with. And that's something that I'm learning or I'm trying to build up on because I want to be able to continue to multitask or continue to have 20 kids in A, 20 kids in B, 20 kids in C, like a hundred in D and be able to still, you know, I don't know, be a hundred percent in every area or facet of my life. So that's, that's my challenge or that's what I'm working on. That's a beautiful story. And I'm honestly, I'm going through a similar thing right now, maybe not with as many kids, but just like in general, I'm learning that like, if you give energy to one person, that means, a, you know, technically less energy for another person during that day and time. Like, of course, there's another day. And then of course you have your, your work and your responsibilities. So it is that like intentionality of like prioritization. But I do going back to what you were talking about, like that's something I've tried to adapt to is like giving daps to every single person. And, and if I, right. if I do have time, like before practice, just making sure I try and ask them something or comment something that's outside of basketball and outside of the realm that just kind of acknowledges their humanity. And I think that's a big shift that I see happening, like with coaches and just like, hopefully in general, like I know, like we've had a little bit of a discussion about like different philosophies from older coaches that we've both probably worked with. Um, I'm curious, you know, as you know, we're both not, you know, young, new coaches, what's something that yeah. you want kind of want to shift, you know, from, from older generation of coaches to, to our generation? Yeah. Well, I'm a very, I'm a strength based coach. Um, yeah. and I'm also just very like, I'm just positive, 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 positive. Like there's no room for negativity in my coaching space. Um, so again, with that said, um, Hold on. Ask the question again. I was about to say something super great. I was about to drop, drop gems on you, Justin. Oh, wait, it came back to me. Don't worry. It came back. I really, I don't want to say I strongly dislike, but I don't, I don't like watching it when I see a coach being traditional, like quote unquote traditional. So let's define like, it. If I, yeah, let's define it. So for me, traditional coaching is I've been coaching for 20 years. This is my philosophy. This is my principle. This is what I've been doing. I'm not straying away from what I've done for 20 years. Okay, great. Do your thing. Like, and within that is probably, you know, this is my expectations for players. If that my players don't meet this expectation, peace out. There's a lot of people that I can find, or there's people that will work for me or do whatever it takes to get up here. And it doesn't need to be you, right? So it's, it's a lack of, I, I can't even, I'm like, I, I can't even. So that's like an example. Right. And then for me, like being strength-based, if I'm, you know, I'm, I've been coaching since I was 18. So that's seven years. So I'm like, okay, I've been coaching for seven years, but every year I've coached differently. 
every year I coach based on my group. Every year I coach based on the different personalities I have, the relationships I have with them, what they need from me. It's never, it's never, Nat, what's your coaching philosophy? I don't know, man. My coaching philosophy is I'm a chameleon. I can I, I shift and bend according to what I have and what they need from me. So I'm not someone who's stubborn. Like for me, traditionality is being stubborn. Like for me, that's why I say strength-based. If I have a team of 10 and Justin, you're only good at defense. Okay, Justin, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna make you feel like you're not up to par with my team. I'm gonna make you and put you in positions for you to succeed. If you're a defensive stopper, I'm gonna sub you in when I need you for defense and I'll be subbing you out for offense, it's okay. And I'll have that conversation prior. I'll have that conversation with you prior and I'll, I'll make sure that you're aware of it. And if you tell me, coach, I wanna be more than a defensive stopper, then I'll say, okay, but you need to work on it. And then I'll work on it with you. I'll give you some time, but this is where you're at now. So for me, my type of, again, like strength-based coaching, I'm very positive in the sense and transparent in the sense that I'll have one-on-one meetings prior to the season We'll have the season probably still be chatting with individuals throughout because mindsets and feelings change. And then we'll always have like another exit conversation as to feedback. How did you feel? Do you want to continue to, you know, what do you need from me? Right. So for me, it's always checking in, always making sure that we have established kind of like a sense of transparency and a sense of trust. So I coach with building confidence. I coach with establishing trust. And for me, again, it's just making sure, making sure that I'm uplifting my players versus tearing them down. And that, again, is based on seeing them as for who they are and not as just someone or a puzzle piece in your own goals. So whenever I see a coach who's just very driven to, you know, win a ring or like, I don't, I'm not hating on competitive people. I'm like, you're a different type of breed. Like, that's cool. Like you're, you're a different type of breed and there's people, there's kids like the D the D one kids, the AAU circuit, like there, there's those kids that are perfect for that type of setting. And that can push through. But I always think I'm like, I'm sure like, I would be curious, like to have a conversation with, you know, with Gino from UConn. I'd be curious to have a conversation with Don Staley. I'd be curious to have like conversations with these big coaches who deal with such a competitive field. And I I'd wonder like, are you traditional? Like I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the locker room just to see how the simple interactions are between head coach and player, because it's almost like, and that's another like dilemma for me. It's like the difference between a head coach and an assistant coach, you want a head coach to be whatever. And when you're hiring your assistants, you want them to supplement you, right? You don't want them to be exactly like who you are. You want them to, to be what you lack because then you're a whole, right? But that's why like, if, I can't coach for a traditional, and it's weird. Like I can't be an assistant. Like, I don't think I could be an assistant for a traditional coach because yes, I know you need me because you don't know how to like attend to these kids or how to get them to be their best versions of themselves. But also I can't be in this space because it's very toxic for me. Like I can't be in traditional coaching settings. It's extremely toxic for me. And I like, I'm like, it takes a lot to contain myself. Like I want to, I want to just be like, stop, like, give me the keys, get, get out of the car. I, I, get out of the car. I got it. So that's just kind of, again, another tangent as to like traditional coaching versus how I feel in this generation, we need to coach, you know, just being so mindful of mental health and how, and how that's such a big key and traditional coaches don't 
don't want to attend to mental health. It's just so much like dealing with X's and O's, dealing with plays, dealing with people's, uh, their kids' grades. Like there's just so much that coaches are like, no, I don't have time to ask my players what's going on up here. But like, that's just so important. So again, like for me, it's like, if I don't have your mental right, or if you're not checked in and locked in with me, then we can't move forward in coaching. I can't coach you. Like you I can't, I can't tell you to run or shoot the ball if I don't understand what you're feeling or if you don't understand that, that I'm here for you. So it's kind of just like a very completely more holistic approach to coaching, I would say, versus, you know, a competitive, like, let's meet this end goal and then peace out. Thank you for, thank you for your athleticism. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like recognizing the, the human first, the athlete second. And I think the big thing I hear in general is just listening, like not even all the time verbal listening, but also listening to your players and how they play. Right. That's a basic understanding of is this person, a defensive stopper, or are they a three point specialist? And not being like, I'm coming into this season being like, we're going to be a pick and roll team and, you know, we're going to play two, three defense no matter what, right? It's kind of like listening, you know, to what the strengths are. And so I, I actually, you know, I haven't got an opportunity to create that yet. At least here in LA, I've done a few like middle school teams and I'm still learning so much as a coach as I'm sure, you know, all coaches are. And it, it would be really interesting to go and listen to like, you know, Corey Close, uh, UCLA basketball, Gino, like it, it would be dope to go to one of those practices. But with our time coming up to an end, I want to, you know, talk a little bit more about the mental health aspect of players, because I think that is a big shift that I, I see, you know, now that I'm, I'm kind of just entering this space again, I kind of took a break during college, but it's great to be back in the athletic space. And, and with college athletics, like it just looks like, seems like so many people are, are just, there's so much toxic, I mean, max masculinity, but just toxic behavior in sports in general, because I know it happens with female sports as well. So I I'd like to save that last space for, for the mental health. Yeah. I mean, mental health is just something that I can like speak on for hours. I feel like, you know, I was even in the beginning of the session, I was like, yeah, I need therapy. I was like, yeah, I'm like, exactly. I'm, like that's, I, I think almost everyone needs therapy. I think almost everyone experiences their own individual traumas and right. certain people are better at recognizing them and acknowledging them and, you know, solving them or move, taking steps towards, you know, becoming a better version of themselves. And I feel because I'm so aware of how in control I am of my feelings, but also how I can have such a lack of control of my my feelings like my 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 head my thoughts like if i can have that with being 25 with having a college education with having already gone through high school with having you know gone through like the worst like teen like your teen phase like right. i always step back and be like oh my god imagine the kids we're servicing like they're they're right in the mix of bullying they're right in the mix of you know this technological era where they have so much in their hands like yeah. how like the immediate gratification aspect affects their mental health a lot like if even in, in a affects coaching us, setting yeah. you know, even us like and then also the the fact that we have instagram and tiktok and all these like we all human nature it's, we, it's human nature to compare yourself it's human nature to not observe someone and think like 
I'm not where they are. I should be where they are. Why are they like, and then that leads to negative feelings and everything. And then we spiral. So this is just a, such a sensitive area, like era to live in. And I'm literally every day, not every day, but maybe every other day, I'm like, thank God I'm not a kid right now. Because I feel like going through a pandemic, losing some social skills, you know, how, how like a big thing for me coming out of the pandemic or leaving the virtual space is how can I help our kids relearn how to socialize? How can, how can I provide our kids tools and like the tools to have a conversation, the tools to make a friend, the tools to acknowledge that they feel anxiety or whatever they're feeling is it's okay to feel it. Like they need to know, or I just want people to be mindful of the anxiety. And because I'm also a very anxious person, I can see it, you know, as like, as adults, like we're trained to, to view certain you know, alerts, like whether someone's like tapping their foot a lot or whether someone biting their nails or whether like their body language, their facial expression. For me, it's, it's up to coaches and trainers and people and like mentors, people, people in these positions. It's up to us to be very aware of certain signs of mental health so that we, A, can handle our own, right? That's the whole inside out transformation. If I, right. if I don't have a grip on myself, how can I have someone else have a grip on themselves, right? So- Again, I just think it's it's extremely important to have those conversations with kids and also share. Like, I'm not afraid of telling our kids, like, yeah, I was very anxious this morning. Yeah, my like my dog died. Like, my dog died, and I feel this type of way. Like, it's it's important for me to be so transparent and just so open, so that they so that kids see and adults see that it's okay to just voice your thoughts because we forget. Like, we're all socialized to you know, men, men, even more like you're socialized not to cry. You're socialized not to be in tune with your feelings. And it's even difficult for me. Like when I meet someone like you, Justin, like someone who's just very intuitive and like a critical thinker and mindful and like, you know, in tune with himself. Like, I'm always like, Oh, cool. Like your mom did a good job or your dad. I don't know. (laughs) When I, whenever I see like men that are like on it and mindful and whatever, I'm just like, wow. Like I'm surprised. Like I'm, I'm genuinely surprised because of how, tough it is for like men to grow up in the society and want to handle their mental health. So of course, like, yes, as a female, like I know that we have this issues and females have so many confidence issues and, you know, insecurities, but you know, the same, there's the same issues with men. So again, it's just being able to see people as people. And again, circling back, like everything that I do brings me back to our peace player core values. Right. So I, it's just, again, mindfulness. Boom. Mindfulness, intentionality. That's a perfect way to end it. I appreciate your time so much today, Natalie. Before we let you go, any last words of advice uh, for coaches and where can coaches, you know, or, or other, you know, youth leaders um, reach out to you uh, just to connect with you? Dope. Yeah, no. Um, well, obviously, everyone. Hello, Coach Nat. Follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Coach G Nat. Um, but you can always... I was like, okay, I'm not going to give my number out here because I... No, it's not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, my Instagram, whenever, usually I post all of my, that's like my, almost like my profile or my portfolio, right? Everything that I do coaching wise, I put that out there. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not active on Facebook. I do have a TikTok, but that's more of like my, I don't know. I feel like I want to tap into that space with coaching, but I, I'm also in my own head where I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm like that type of person who can like vlog or give you tips and be like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, 
I'm more of the person like, hey, you have a problem, like message me individually and I will definitely make time. I'll, I'll at least have one conversation. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram. Um, you know, I work for Peace Players, so give me up, look up Peace Players on the website. I work at LA Valley College, Community College. I'm the coach for the women's basketball team. Um, I coach club. I work for the LA Clippers as well. Um, so I kind of just like look for me in any in a gym near you, basically. In <laughs> look a gym for me in a gym you. near you. Look right. for me in a gym near you. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Coach Nat. All right. Of course, Justin. Thank you for the thank you for the platform and the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like subscribe, leave a comment and a review on whatever platform you're on. It's the best way to help us grow. We appreciate you for doing that. We'll shout you out on social media. I'd also love if you connected with me on social media. Let me know your thoughts. And this is why I do it. I want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward and make an impact on the world. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, Cheers.